0: You talking to me? And just like that, we are ready for a brand new year of movies. Where'd it go? Happy New Year. Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. Uh, Thank you, by the way, for all the great feedback on last week's podcast. We talked about our favorite, our top ten movies of the year and not a lot of you know not a lot of argument in fact had a lot of support for Manchester by the yep, Sea yep. which was uh, high on our list and definitely one of the one of the best so uh ended out the year on a high note thank you again for that uh, for the comments and now we're ready to dive in to 2017 and obviously things are going to be quieter this week as we get into uh into January and actually January too often becomes a dead zone, really.
1: It really does. It's, it's kind of the time of the year where the big studios start sweeping out their closet of all the movies that they knew weren't going to t- be viable during the blockbuster uh, holiday season.
0: But what we also see sometimes, as we do this week, the first couple of weeks you have the wide releases of movies that just opened maybe in New York and in L.A. In time for Oscar In time for Oscar, so, yeah. so, so that really aren't as bad. As the usual January in fact, schlock, that sometimes
1: comes out. are are quite brilliant.
0: Right, uh, so we have a pretty good week this week. We've got a couple of major releases, both pretty good, one very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's start with uh, probably the biggest profile release, star-studded anyway, and it is called Hidden Figures. With the launch
1: of the Russian spy satellite, the president is demanding an immediate response. Running from the
0: man. Space Test Group needs a computer. is the gal for that. She can handle any numbers you put in front of her each other this is about inventing the math because without it we're not going anywhere colonel glenn launches in a few weeks we don't have the math figured out yet my gals
1: are ready we can do the work
0: and this is another in a series we've had a few of these movies in the last few years of little known pieces of history right very fascinating i'm thinking of free state of jones right i'm thinking of even just earlier this year hacksaw Ridge. yeah uh, that maybe some people didn't know about these slices of history, that even though they might not be the greatest movie, they're fa- fascinating stories. Absolutely fascinating stories. And and this is definitely one of them. It is about three African-American women, really genius mathematicians, right. that ended up making uh, huge contributions to the American space program right. in the 1960s. And uh, once the space race got going and America was under pressure to keep up with the Russians, uh, they made great strides in helping calculate, do calculations of flight data, flight launch patterns, and things like that, and then also in computing and in engineering. And uh, the three women are played by Taraji P. Henson and Octavia Spencer and Janelle Monet. And uh, the the um, supporting cast is full of familiar faces and names as well. Kevin Costner, Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst, Dunst, Jim Parsons. And uh, it's, it's solidly done. It's a movie that's solid in so many areas. But to me, it just didn't have enough commitment toward the three main characters and their points of view. Now, once you see a movie like this and you get a whiff of what the subject matter is, if you're like me, if you're like us, you start thinking, oh no, is this going to be framed as a white savior type of thing? Right. Where even though these three women are the story, it's framed in a way that they get pushed to the background. It's a
1: really common, it's almost it really epidemic is. in Hollywood, and ch- generally the reason it happens is that Hollywood fears that the uh, a, a larger white audience won't go see a film if it's not to- told from the perspective of a white character. Which is why you see so many movies where you think everybody important here is not the representative
0: point of view. So, um, right, and the one we always like to bring up is a movie that everybody loved and we hated and got a lot of flack for it, and that's the blind side. Right. Because you look at that movie and you think, whose story is this? Right. But who is the main character? how is it framed it's the same thing with the help not the too help, much longer, yeah. which
1: was a better film than the blind side but it was the exact same thing right
0: so that's that's what we're talking about now the good news is writer uh, co-writer and director Theodore Melfi who did Saint Vincent a couple which, of years ago which was pretty good which L- was pretty good a little sappy but a good one he doesn't fall victim to that totally there yeah. are there are places where he does and that i think for me what holds this film back from being as good as it could be it has so many solid things about it but it the sum of its parts could have been more meaningful to me had it not fallen victim to this. And uh, biggest case in point for me is a scene where uh, Kevin Costner's character, and he plays a NASA director, who's he's, he's a composite character of different real life right. uh, personalities, which they do sometimes to sure. just try to try to con- make the the narrative, the story more concise. Anyway, so he, in a very dramatic moment, decides he's going to end. Langley, where they're doing all this work in Virginia, going to end their segregated segregated bathrooms because uh, the main character, I guess you'd say, Catherine Johnson, played by Taraji P. Henson, is having to leave her office, leave her important work, and walk so far away to another building, he gets wind of this. And when he decides to put an end to this segregated bathroom policy, it's framed in the most heroic, grandstanding, swell the music way it makes him out to be the hero that's the that's the worst example in the movie but there are a few different instances where boy this is really framed like we should be applauding these nice white people for finally agreeing to let these geniuses contribute right um and that's not you know it's 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 pandering it's unnecessary and that is what for me the main thing what what holds this movie back because it does have a lot going for it solid solid performances uh competent and writing a
1: fascinating story that i can't believe it, it hasn't been told more really
0: that it is amazing in fact really when you do a little bit more research on your own on on these three women there it's incredible katherine johnson really she um still, she got to see this movie she's still alive i believe mm-hmm. and in her 90s well into her 90s and a couple of years ago she was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Right. As well, she should be there. I mean, it, it really is an incredible story. So, bravo for finally getting the story on the screen. It's well deserved. And I don't want to really make it seem like it's a bad movie. It's not. But no, it's no. one of those where, boy, if you just, you're almost there. Right. In fact, there is a scene late in the movie, an exchange between Octavia Spencer and Kirsten Dunst, where there's some bite there. And they're like, that's where you should have had more. You know, you, you come up and you knock at that door, but you don't go in. You know, you're, you're that's that's the point of view this film it's could too have. too safe. It's too safe. Yes, it's too safe, maybe afraid of offending or afraid of, as you say, turning off maybe a, a, a wider, whiter audience. Right. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to put nefarious, um, you know, intentions into the filmmakers. I don't think they have any, but this is so common, as you say, that after a while, when you see a trailer for a movie like this, think, "Oh, I hope they don't." And so right. the good news is, on the on the whole, they really don't. But there are too many instances, and for me, that holds the the movie back uh, from being as good as it could have been. But still, fascinating uh, story, and uh, well worth uh, well worth your time to not only see the movie but also investigate it on your own because sure. this is told from uh, it's an adaptation of a book that just came out mm, a couple of years ago or so. I think of the same name called Hidden Figures, so that might be uh, worth checking out as well. So that is the lead, the main uh, nationwide distribution this year, Hidden Figures, most star-studded. But it's not the best one no. we've seen for this week, and that is a movie called A Monster Calls. I know everything about
1: you. The truth that you hide. The truth in you dream. I'm sorry you have to face this, but you have to be brave. Do you understand?
0: I'm afraid. Of
1: course you are afraid. But you will make it through. For this is why you called me. So this is a, a film by J. A. Bayona, who a few years ago he kind of he kind of really burst onto the scene. He had done some films, but he made a film a few years ago called *The Orphanage*, yeah. which was, you know, what if you haven't? It's it's a horror film, but it's what it is is spooky. It's right. a ghost story, and it's brilliant. Even and if it's,
0: even if you're saying I don't like horror movies, it's not really bad. It's, no, no, no. Spooky, it's spooky and it's creepy and it's atmospheric. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's a ghost classic.
1: Story. Yeah, it's and it's and it's it looks so magnificent. Yeah, really good. Um and uh and so what he's done this year is uh, an adaptation of Patrick Ness's uh, uh you know, beloved uh, middle grades reader called A Monster Calls. And uh it's a story of a 12-year-old boy who is just having troubles galore and every night the giant yew tree that he can see through his bedroom window, comes a-calling, and he calls with the voice of Liam Neeson, who's just perfect. Yeah,
0: he's got such a commanding voice, and he, he knows how to use it, and it makes a striking, you know, a striking audio accompaniment to this yew tree, which is fearsome enough, but yet you can tell there's some, you know, there's some help behind it and some some hope behind it, because what he does, he... He shows the boy how to think of things in a different way.
1: Yeah, he shows up every night and he tells him a story. Right. But they're never stories, black and white fables, the way the boy wants to hear them. And, and honestly, he doesn't want to hear them in the first place because he's got a lot going on and he doesn't want to deal with this tree because what's happening is his mom is dying. And and what's really going on is this yew tree and these stories are just helping him understand that life is untidy and it's not going to turn out the way you want it to turn out, but you know. So we make up stories to help ourselves deal with it. But at the same time, we understand the reason we need these stories. It is a beautiful, beautiful film. It's so sad, but so lovely. And uh, Bayona and and Ness adapted his own his his own novel for the screen, which I think is was just brilliant. I mean, because he he clearly really understands this, this period uh, uh, of grief and adolescence mixed together. He loves these characters, as you will, too. And um, uh, Bayona's visual style is just, is just perfect for the entire... Into- you know, I, I thought it was not only beautiful, it was a very brave film.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, in full disclosure, you are someone who unfortunately lost a parent uh, when you were a teenager. Uh, and for anyone who had to go through that, it will have an added depth. Now, mm-hmm. for me... Who oh, didn't have to go through that? I found it. Maybe it took longer to creep up on me, but once it did, it it was goosebump time. Yeah. I mean, it got to that point for me. It kind of sucked me in a little bit, and it, it looks great. It sounds great. The story builds, and then when it hits those when it hits those feels, it, it hits them, and it it does it in not an overbearing way. No. It makes its points beautifully, poignantly, and I I think maybe I was expecting. I didn't know anything about the book, so and you don't have to, uh, but I guess I was expecting it to be a little lighter. Yeah. And it's very meaningful, very meaningful and very effective. And once, like I said, once it got me, it it got me good. Yeah.
1: And you know one of the other things that I really enjoyed about it is it has this just darkly imaginative animation style that goes along with it. The the stories that the U-Tree tells, those portions are animated, and they're just fascinating the way that that animation takes shape on the screen.
0: Yeah, so a big recommendation this week for A Monster Calls. Uh, not only starring the voice of Liam Neeson, but Felicity Jones yes. is the mother. And the boy, I don't know his name off the top of my head, the boy who plays the boy is very effective. He's, he's really good. Very effective. He's so so everything about it is uh, really, really worth seeing. And It's just, it's just very, very touching. And uh, those are the two main releases this week. Uh, but one that's coming out on Blu-ray and streaming and DVD this week, which is one that we really enjoyed we did. Uh, from last year, and it's the sequel to The Blair Witch Project called Blair Witch. And this one got us early because it started out, it was a nice little bait and switch because one of the things, one of the many things this film does is it, it honors the tradition of the fans of the first movie, mm-hmm. but yet expands and treads its own you know trail a little yeah. bit. and One of the things it does, because if you remember, the original Blair Witch Project had that masterful viral campaign. Yep. Well, this, of course, can't recreate that, but it did a little bit by it started out being known as a movie called The Woods. Right. And so people would see the poster, oh, it's The Woods. And all of a sudden, oh, nope, it's called Blair Witch. And oh, what a great bait and switch. Yeah. Uh, It hooked us. Yes, very clever. And uh, it's by Adam Wingard who you might know from Your Next. That's his most famous film. And The Guest. And The Guest. Yeah. And I think this is his best one that Uh, I've seen. Agreed, agreed. I thought it was really good. It, it, It gets you in, and it does a lot of the very similar things that The Blair Witch... Project did, which makes sense. We're dealing with the same quote-unquote witch here. But
1: at the same time, it it changes things up so that people who, for example, didn't like the Blair Witch because they thought it was too slow, well, Mm -hmm. he addresses that. He does. You know, And I mean, he addresses a lot of things. He addresses what you loved about it. He addresses what people complained about it. And uh, there are a couple of spots that are really incredibly uncomfortable and creepy. Yeah, It's just, you know, if you like a scary movie, it is a lot of fun.
0: I thought it was smart and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Really to... I think that's a hard thing to do. Take a movie that was such a sensation like that, and it's how has such baggage about it. Yeah, you know, there's it's hard to you can't even watch it or think about it anymore. With thinking about all that, the frenzy of people that thought it was real, and then the people that poo-pooed it, and and this was a tough thing to do to come at it and honor uh, the original, and yet blaze its own trail. So yeah, I uh, we thought that was a lot of fun, Blair Witch. Uh, that is really the main thing out that we recommend on uh, DVD and streaming this week. But I'll tell you what, it started out 2017 started out a little quiet this week, but that's not the case next week.
1: No, there is so much coming out next week. Some of it that looks like it's not going to be good. One of one of them might be the best film of the year.
0: Yeah, we've got uh, Ben Affleck's new one, *Live by Night*. We've got Silence, which is the one that has incredible Scorsese, buzz. Scorsese, yeah, Scorsese's
1: new film. Martin Who Scorsese. cannot wait.
0: Yeah, cannot wait to see that. Patriot's Day, which is actually getting some good buzz. That's another one, the latest collaboration between director Peter Berg and star Mark Wahlberg. And they have a pretty good, they've, they've amassed a pretty nice little track record yeah, here. Have. Their last one I liked a lot was called Deepwater Horizon. So uh, we're looking forward to that one as well. Jamie Foxx has one that looks like maybe... Taken with Jamie Foxx? I yeah, don't know. Yeah, it doesn't
1: look very good called Sleepless. Called sl- and you know what? i got to be honest with you. I'm excited for The Bye-Bye Man. It's probably going to be terrible. It's probably going to be terrible, but I, I like the trailer. It's a it's a new scary movie. Don't think it. Don't say it. Don't think it. Don't say it. I'm I'm excited for
0: it. Is that a little bit of a take on this Slender Man thing? Is that where it's going? I don't know much uh, about it. I don't it.
1: think so. There's actually a Slender Man documentary and film coming out. Okay. So I don't think The Bye-Bye Man is that, partly because the Slender Man, uh, it, the, the events... Deal with young girls, and these, these all seem to be um, teens and adults.
0: Okay, so that's a, a big, uh, big, loaded stable for next week. But for this week, we've got hidden figures that, yeah, worth checking out with a couple reservations and big worth checking out for a monster call. So let us know what you think. As always, keep the comments coming. Best way to do that is on Twitter, and we are at Mad Wolf, M A D D W O L F, or Mad Wolf Columbus. Uh, On Facebook, love to hear from you. And as always, the Screening Room Podcast is a presentation of the Columbus Radio Group and MadWolf.com. Check us out. And until next week, I'm George Wolf. I'm Hope Madden. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner.